BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. And then there were four. Four teams left. Super Bowl looming. It's the AFC and NFC Championship Weeks. I am Paul Charchi and my co-host, Brian Johnson, once again for these playoff games. Hi, Brian. What's going on, Charch? Good to talk to you. I I think some of us would have picked these four teams, but not necessarily most people. Uh, yeah, most of us weren't picking the Niners, but... Yeah, I just... I'm, I'm <laughs> I just sort so... of gave them a chance when I said the yeah. Giants went in... Eight, nine years ago is massive underdogs and mm-hmm. upset the number one seed Packers and anything could happen and anything did happen. Yeah, it was uh, that was a that was a shocking outcome. Honestly, I, I was really stunned for about 24 hours after that game yeah. that given the offensive performance of the 49ers that they won that game. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay marched right down the field. The first right. drive, it looked they looked so cool. You're like, this is over. over. This game is Long yeah. gone, but yeah, nope. it's uh, it was the best weekend of football ever. I can't as far argue as I'm that. Concerned. And now we've got two games that are going to struggle to live up to that just by default, but which should be good games anyway. I got the 49ers wrong last week. I said I thought that Brian that they had just they might just be wrung out that they have done so many road games. Then it was six of eight on the road, now they're seven of nine on the road, and that. You know, they've been basically playing playoff games since Christmas, for Pete's sake. And, you know, here we are, February looming, and I was worried they'd run out of gas. I was wrong about that. We'll talk about 49ers, Rams in just a minute. But let's start with the AFC side as your team. Yeah. You you know, you jumped on the you jumped on the Bengals bandwagon. It was the pre-Joe Burrow. Pre-Burrow bandwagon. That's saying something. I took Mm -hmm. a lot of flack for that. You did. You did it. Well, not, I think yes John Titna no, was still, was still courageous. Of, well, that people have said I was insane. Like, you're going to yeah, pick yeah. a team to, yeah, why to, to root one? for. And I was like, well, can't get any worse than the ba- They're only yeah. going up yeah. from <laughs> where they were at that point. <laughs> That's right. Nobody will accuse you of being a bandwagon jumper uh, at that time. So Bengals uh, travel to the Chiefs. This, I would not be surprised if either team won. The spread's like three and a half. So no, it's it's seven. It's seven? Which is shocking. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, Bengals are seven. Bengals in the points all the way. I, I like a money line, especially considering these teams played in week 17. Granted, it was in Cincinnati. The mm-hmm. Bengals won that game. Yeah. 34-31. So we'll reference that uh, game for sure. Uh, over or under 54 and a half points. That's a lot of points. Be a high scoring game. And the funny thing is t- both defenses are pretty good. Bengals defense is better than people think. 
Uh, what's pretty good, too, is the weather. 43 degrees mm-hmm. and clear, minimal Perfect. winds. Can't yeah. ask for anything better uh, this time of year in Kansas City. Uh, should be a, should, again, should be a high-scoring game. Should be fun for fantasy purposes. Um, we'll start with the, the running game, though, with the Bengals and Joe Mixon. Initially, I was like, I'm going to give Mixon an A in this one. It's a shootout, mm-hmm. right? But uh, I'm just going to give him a B here. He did not have a good game on the ground against the Chiefs in that Week 17 game. 12 carries for 46 scoreless yards. Casey has been good against the run this year. They've only surrendered seven rushing touchdowns to running backs in the regular season. That's great. Really great. Uh, they, they held Najee Davis and Devin Singletary in the playoffs to a combined 55 yards on 22 carries. Singletary did run for a touchdown last week, but it's more about the receiving angle for Mixon in this one. Uh, he's been very active in the passing game uh, as of late, totaled 26 targets over his last four in that week 17 game. He had seven catches for 40 yards. The Chiefs have allowed the fourth most catches and third most receiving yards to running backs. I like this in the angle. regular season. Mm-hmm. So 100 plus combo yards uh, should be in the cards, but I would not be shocked uh, if Mixing 50 50. Yeah. If, if, if he has more receiving yards yeah. uh, than rushing yards in this game. So uh, for that reason, just a B for him. Uh, Jamar Chase, though, he gets an A because he was a league winner. Eleven catches, two hundred and sixty-six yards, and three touchdowns. Now, okay, here the contrarian point for that would be: Chiefs go into this week of of prep, and the clear mandate is we're not going to let Jamar Chase beat us again. Yeah, and they do whatever it takes to take away Chase. Meanwhile, Higgins, Boyd, and others might have an opportunity to feast if that's how the Chiefs choose to attack this. Yeah, the Chiefs uh, have surrendered the fifth most wide receiver touchdowns in the regular season. Six wide receiver touchdowns surrendered in the playoffs so far. Already uh, six? Six. Uh, two by the Steelers and, and four by Gabe Davis alone. And, and that's yeah. the angle there uh, for T. Higgins. If, if you're trying to be contrarian in DFS, Chase is going to be the chalkiest wide receiver. Right. He's, he's less expensive on those sites than um, Cooper Cup. Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. uh, then it's Jamar Chase. Everyone's going to look at the Week 17 game, but what bodes well for T. Higgins? Yeah, uh, let's jump to him. I'll give him a B, uh, even though I, 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 I like him more in this game. Is the Chiefs held Stephon Diggs to three catches right. for seven yards yeah. last week, and Jamar Chase is the Stephon Diggs of the Bengals, right? And uh, I just mentioned Gabe Davis, 200 yards and four mm-hmm. touchdowns. He's the number two receiver. For the Bengals, so uh, I'm sorry for the Bills. Uh, Higgins, the number two for the Bengals, uh, just three catches, 62 yards in the Week 17 game, did not score. It was all about Chase, of course, but uh, I like Higgins just as much as Chase. And if if you're only picking one Bengals receiver, pairing with Joe Burrow or not in DFS, if you want to be contrarian, you, you go with T. Higgins. I think he he has the chance to outproduce Jamar Chase in this game. Um, the safest play might be Tyler Boyd. Just a C for him, though. Four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown in the Week 17 game. He did not score last week against Tennessee, but he had touchdowns in each of the four games prior. Yep. Cole Beasley, Isaiah McKenzie combined for seven catches on nine targets mm. against the Chiefs last week. So slot receivers have been active against them. So I like Boyd here. And I do, too. Going back to DFS one more time, if you're doing a big stack with Bengals, Burrow, Higgins, Boyd, yeah, fade chase. Sense, That's right? how you uh, differentiate, yeah. differentiate yourself mm-hmm. in bigger tournaments. Uh, and lastly, uh, when it comes to the pass catchers, we got to talk. CJ Uzomo is having a great, great playoffs. Uh, just four catches, thirty-two scoreless yards in Week Seventeen. 
Opposing tight ends have averaged five catches and 50, 52 yards per game in the regular season against Kansas City, which is pretty good, but uh, they've totaled just six touchdowns. Uh, Dawson Knox had a meager two catches for nine scoreless yards against Kansas City in a, in a high-scoring affair. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't look like a great matchup for Uzi, uh, but neither was Tennessee last week on paper, and he, he had a great game yeah. for his standards. So uh, certainly a viable play this week. So a C for him and Joe Burrow, A, easy A. He had four touchdowns, 446 yards in week 17. Got a slew of weapons. You got to love Burrow yeah. in this one. It feels like those Chiefs cornerbacks that have been, that overperformed for a long stretch of the regular season, it's kind of coming to roost now. And, you know, they, they kind of are who they are in, to some degree. You know, Mike Hughes, uh, uh, Tredavious, uh, not Tredavious, uh, yeah, Tredavious Ward, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, those Hughes especially is a meager talent. Ward's banged up. I I wonder if there's, uh, I feel like those guys are exploitable at cornerback. Yeah, and should mention uh, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, uh, in concussion protocol, uh, safety, but he should should play in this game. So uh, that would be a huge difference maker if he can't go. He's trending trending towards playing. I expect him to play. All right, over the the Chiefs side, uh, we'll start with the running backs. Daryl Williams got all the work in that week 17 game. Yeah. And he's, and he's dead to us now. Yeah, all of a sudden. He, he might, right. he, he's, uh, he's kind of had setbacks this week in practice. Not like it really would have mattered anyway, mm-hmm. if he was active or not, he'd be uh, third in that pecking order. But Williams had 107 combo yards and two rushing touchdowns in that game. So, right. But he got almost all the work in that game. And I, I this feels like we're going to have two different guys get a lot of yeah. the work it, this it's, time. It's Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, mm-hmm. going to give them both a C, uh, McKinnon had 10 carries for 24 scoreless yards against Buffalo last week. He did catch five passes for 54 yards on seven targets. CEH was far more effective rushing last week. 60 carries on just seven, Sorry, six 60 yards, yards. on, on yeah. seven carries. So I would guess we see CEH uh, with more rush attempts in mm-hmm. this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really more about the receiving angle with Jet here. Uh, the Bengals have allowed the fifth most catches to running backs in the regular season. So uh, I like McKinnon with a C. Um, and again, uh, CEH gets a C too. Mentioned the seven carries for 60 yards last week. Josh Jacobs had 83 yards on just 13 carries in the wild card round against the Bengals. Yeah. Derrick Henry, Deontay Foreman combined for 24 carries, 128 yards and a touchdown against the Bengals last week. Uh, since he was without defensive tackles, Josh Tupo and Mike Daniels last week, both have been practicing though this week. They should play. That will help a little Big bit difference, there. Yeah. But uh, both, both you got to like both of the running backs uh, for the, the chiefs offense, of course. And speaking of liking nay, loving someone, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, a, can I give him an A plus? Sure. It's off season. Pluses well, are allowed. Well, no, you would know. But what you can give him is the fantasy Fonzie. A, you're right. I should have given him that. And you know, I love my, my revenge spite angles. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, yeah. born in Ohio, went to university of Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati. Yeah, or is it Cincinnati university? I think it's university it's just, of Cincinnati. Yeah. The Bengals chose to draft Tyler Eifert. Over Tyler Kelsey oh, way back in like 2013. Yeah. And there was like four other teams that drafted a tight end over Travis Kelsey. They, they're yeah. probably still kicking themselves over that. So love Kelsey this week. He was somewhat quiet by his standards in that week 17 game. Five catches, 25 yards. He did score a touchdown, but a great matchup here. The Bengals were top five in the most catches, yards, and touchdowns surrendered to tight ends in the regular season. Last week, Tennessee's tight ends did nothing, but that's 
pretty understandable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Since he did yield 12 targets to the very comparable Darren Waller in the wild card round, he caught seven. Uh, Foster Moreau also saw three targets in that game, so tight ends very active against the Bengals. Kelsey is my pick for the highest scoring skill position player on this slate uh, by far. I don't think I I could fade him uh, under any circumstances, Mm. really. I I will quickly throw out Noah Gray as a punt option in DFS. Uh, Dirt cheap would be a differentiator if he vultures a touchdown. He has seen the field in a couple targets here and there. It would be a a, a dirty, dirty touchdown, but uh, you never know. Uh, Okay, over to Tyreek Hill and the rest of the wide receivers. Hill gets an A as well, despite just six catches for 40 scoreless yards in Week 17. In the Week 17 game, I expect a better performance on Sunday. Opposing wide receivers in the regular season didn't put up great numbers against the Bengals, collectively averaging 13 catches, 156 yards, and 0.9 touchdowns, less than a touchdown per game. But Cincinnati has surrendered a touchdown to the position in six straight, including one to A.J. Brown last week, who also had 142 yards. Tennessee wideouts combined for 207 yards in that game. Uh, The week prior, Las Vegas wide receivers totaled 17 catches, 186 yards, and a touchdown. So easy A for Tyreek Hill. And over to Byron Pringle and Mecole Hardman. We like Pringle more on this show. I'm giving both a C. Uh, Pringle, the stronger C. Mm -hmm. In week 17, Pringle had three catches. You know that's my guy. I'm big big into the Pringle. Yeah, he uh, had three catches, 35 yards, didn't score. Hardman, one catch, 53 yards, didn't score. Neither did much. But over the last three games, Pringle has seen seven targets uh, in all, at least seven targets in all three. He's pulling away from the pack a little bit. He sorry, is. I, I keep interrupting him. No, no, no worries. Uh, 22 targets uh, over that three-game span. Mm-hmm. Hardman has 16 targets over that same span, but just five total over his last two games. Like you said, Pringle yeah. has, has uh, separated himself from Hardman. And, you know, I think they, I think that one of the reasons you saw Josh Gordon get demoted to the practice squad is because Spring, uh, Pringle's snap count and effectiveness has gotten so high that there's just there's no plays there's no plays left for Josh Gordon on the field anymore. No, and and Demarcus Robinson is still no. ahead of Josh Gordon. And I'll throw him his name out there quickly. He he does get a bench grade, but he is another punt play option in DFS. He's going to be on the field in the, in this what should be a high scoring affair. You can pay the same amount basically for Pringle. In a DFS world, right? And, you know, 3000 about like, like 3800 nah, A little more than, like, a, it's a grand 1200 something like that. It, it's, right. it's enough of a difference, but uh, not, not loving DeMarcus Robinson too no. much, obviously. And, but, and last, and certainly not least, Patrick Mahomes gets an A. Uh, just 259 passing yards, two touchdowns in the Week 17 game. Well, we mentioned that Williams, Darrell Williams, had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Mahomes had 25 rushing yards. In that game, uh, Josh Allen had, I don't know, a, a good amount of rushing yards yeah, he, against the Bengals last week. And I think uh, he had about, I mean, against, against the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs I'm yeah, sorry. he had, I think, 60, yep. if, I, if memory serves. Yes. And uh, the Bengals did allow the, the sixth most passing yards of this season. Not, not, they're a good defense, not great. Mm. Mahomes is a great quarterback. Yeah. Should be a great game. But who day? Go Bengals. Go Bengals. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll break down 49ers at Rams Fantasy Football Weekly style. Stay tuned. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. 49ers take on the Rams, and obviously these teams met twice in the regular season. You would think, since the Rams are favored in this game, that they would have won any of those two, but no, those are 49ers victories. And you mentioned how the the 49ers have been somewhat uh, road warriors. Uh, They have, yeah. This is trending, despite the Rams' efforts to suppress Ticket sales. sales. You're right. <laughs> it's still, it's going to be more 49ers fans. It's going to be a lot of 49ers fans at this game. Yeah, it's going to be at least 50 50. You think so? And yeah. they're real fans, too. Now, the, the, but, the Rams fans are going to be like extras from like the, the Paramount set or something <laughs> like that. The it, It's not as bad as when the Chargers play at SoFi. No. Right? I mean, that's like 90 10. The Rams, because they moved to LA and immediately went to the Super Bowl, have gotten a legitimate fan base. So I still think it's going to be, I think it'll be more Rams fans than Niners fans, but there will be plenty of Bay Area money that's bought their way into SoFi one way or another. Um, Rams lost both of the games, including the Niners win an in-game in Week 18. We'll want to watch the status of the ankle injury to elite left tackle Trent Williams. That is a big X factor in this game. So something you'll want to watch there as well. Let's start with the uh, let's start with the running game. Elijah Mitchell just gets a C grade for me. Uh, he had the 13 carries last week, which was way, way, way down for me. Probably rolled into that, averaging twice as many. Mm-hmm. But that Packer bad weather game, Niners offense couldn't get anything going. Lots of punts. Um, you know, even factoring in that 13 carry game over the last six games, he's still averaging 23 carries per game, which I do like. In the two meetings with the Rams this year, Elijah Mitchell carried the ball 48 times. Both of them wins. One of them was a lopsided win, so they, they gave Mitchell lots of carries. But he wasn't efficient. He averaged just three and a half yards per carry. That was a full yard under his season average against the Rams. He, that was a good run defense. He's seen declining rushing averages in four straight games down to just three yards per carry last week, Brian. And with that knee injury, I just feel like Elijah Mitchell, just the efficiency and the effectiveness just doesn't feel like it's there right now and then add in he's never played this much football in one year either well not even close yeah add in Debo Samuel with back-to-back 10 carry games and my sky high confidence for Mitchell that I had had at the end of the season and even in the first couple of games of the playoffs uh it's chiseled away a little bit and so I am nervous about Mitchell I like his chances of scoring LA is allowed a touchdown per game over the last nine games uh, and Jeff Wilson may very well not play. He did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. Not sure about Friday yet. Um, so we'll, um, I've got the C grant on Mitchell. I think he finds the end zone here, but I wouldn't be surprised if he peters out in like the 50-yard range, 60-yard range. Yeah, Leonard Fournette had a great game behind a, a battered O-line for the Bucks, and he was mm. dinged up himself, uh, had mm. a good game against the Rams last week. If Trent Williams comes back, we'll, we'll knock 
Elijah Mitchell up to a B grade, but he sits at a C right now with with, with not knowing what Trent Williams' status is. Um, I mentioned you know, there's really no other running backs to mention, but we'll use that as our transition to Debo Samuel, who I mentioned had the ten carries in back to back games. Just frankly, looks fresher as a running back than Mitchell does. The knee injury, all the carries, everything else for Mitchell. Um, And I think it was very telling at the end of last week's game, Brian, when the Niners had had to get a first down to salt away the Packers on their own field in Arctic conditions. They ran the ball with their wide receiver, Debo Samuel. Yeah, he's got to touch the ball at least 20 times in this game for them to have a chance. 20? Well, not not carries. I'm talking catches and still. That's a lot. If they're going to win. I mean, I'd love it. Don't get me wrong, but that is a lot of touches for Debo Samuel. Um, monster games for Debo in both meetings with Los Angeles. Three touchdowns spread against across the two games. 140 total yards, 133 total yards. A grade for Debo Samuel in like this it. one. Brandon Ayuk gets a B grade. He had a huge game in the week 16, sorry, the week 18 game against the Rams. With the Rams trying to finally, you know, stop Samuel. And they do anything they can to stop Samuel. There's going to be opportunities for Ayuk in, in better coverage. In the two games against the Rams, uh, Ayuk has seen only uh, Jalen Ramsey for one pass attempt. Mm. They really use Ramsey on Debo Samuel. The, so, he's not doing a very good job. <laughs> no, I, I like Ayuk in this one. Be great for him. He's going to get softer coverage against David Long and uh, Darius Williams. Darius Williams looked Awful mm-hmm. when the Bucks were coming. Like there was a six straight plays where they just <laughs> picked like on, him, on him, and then yeah. he couldn't make. T- oh yeah, he looked yep. bad. So that's why I like Ayuk. Yeah, I think, he, I think he's you. a nice. I think he's a nice sneaky play here. Sticking with the receivers, I want to talk about Juwan Jennings. Last week I told you I, I liked Jennings because slot receivers had some success against the Bucks. He only ended up with like two catches for ten yards, uh, but he did have a drop. He had two, he had one drop and then another near miss that would have put him closer to forty yards. Anyway, he scored twice against the Niners in the Week 18 matchup from inside the five yard line. Jennings has as many catches as the rest of the team combined this year wow. from inside the five yard line. So if you're looking for a cheap touchdown in DFS, Juwan Jennings is a possibility. I will mention Mohamed Sanu is going to return from his knee injury in this game and could take a little of the slot work, but I really don't yeah. think so because Jennings has been better. I keep forgetting that he's on the team. I know. Well, he hasn't played since week nine, so that's a good Isn't reason. Isn't Travis Benjamin on the 49ers too? He is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I think mostly in a special all, teams role, but yes. All the oldies, but not so goodies. Let's go to the tight end position of George Kittle. Rams are a si- solid tight end defense. Only two tight ends had six receptions against the Rams all year. It was Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. Neither one of them scored. They had 89 yards for Andrews, just 48 yards on the six receptions for TJ Hawkinson. Uh, last week, Tom Brady targeted Gronk 11 times, only four completions. There's a good tight end defense. No tight end has scored against the Rams since week 10. But in week 10, it was George Kittle. George Kittle. Yeah, he got it. I think he has a long-running good history against the Rams for whatever reason. Yep, I don't uh, have the numbers in front of me, but Kittle only had ten yards in the Week 18 meeting, though. So I'll mention that did not score in that meeting um, before last week. And Kittle had kind of a little of a breakout game. He was by far he was the only receiver to do anything against the Packers last week. He'd been held under 29 yards in four straight games. They had been badly underutilizing George Kittle prior to last week. He had like one of the worst drops 
you would ever oh, see in the Packers. And then the, and, and then the very next target was, was like one of the most amazing catch. Yeah. No, one of the most amazing yeah. catches you've ever seen. It was like yes. the complete yin and yang of a uh, pass catching ability. They did. They did end up getting that same like 30 ish yard completion. I would look like the, ultimately the same route later in that same game uh, to Kittle. So I got to be great on Kittle. Tough matchup, but Kittle's pretty special. They still need to go to him, but I don't see the A upside that you often get from George Kittle at the tight end position. And in DFS, I probably would not pay his price tag in this matchup. Uh, I believe that is everybody. That is everybody for San Francisco. Let's go you, you, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, Garoppolo. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. So, you know, given that uh, we've got an A grade on Samuel, two B grades on his receivers, a C grade on Juwan Jennings. I've got a B grade on Garoppolo here. Surprisingly safe, despite the fact that he hasn't scored in two straight games. But prior to that, he had scored in every single game this year that he had played in. And he had topped 299 yards in four of the last five regular season games, including putting up 316 yards against these same Rams in week 18. B, huh? B. Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't see this is I think this is a great contrarian play. Recency. Everybody's thinking about this Packer game. Garoppolo looked bad. The Arctic conditions getting drops over the field, all that stuff. I love flipping it to a contrarian play. Some people have given up all hope. So I do. Real quick, it's not a story, but uh, these four man uh, or woman teams on Underdog, the, mm-hmm. the best ball uh, site, and you can every, you 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 have to pick a quarterback. You only get one quarterback, and of course, Garoppolo is the last quarterback taken. Yeah. And when I whenever I'm stuck with the San Francisco San Francisco quarterback, I'll take Garoppolo. But you see some people just taking Trey Lance. But granted, they're trying to differentiate right, themselves yeah, right. from, from the field. But yeah. uh, I think that could Lance uh, commit? Could Lance commit at the goal line? And still a rushing touchdown. Yeah. Not impossible, but they haven't used him that way since the beginning of the season. So it would be, it'd be a deep callback. I feel like more people are banking on a benching than just like a. Or an injury. He is injured, right? Garoppolo's still got the the shoulder and the finger, but. All that. Yeah. Actually, I feel, I feel pretty good about Garoppolo. If you're going to, if you want to go contrarian at quarterback, this is your play, obviously. The the other four quarterbacks are also. He'll be under like 5% owned in the the big term. Probably true. Probably true. Let's go to the Rams. Uh, let's start running game on the Rams and Cam Akers, who he he relegated Tony uh, Sony Michelle to the bench last week. He's winning. He won the timeshare battle, eighty one percent of the snaps to nineteen percent of the snaps. I'm, I still can't believe he's back playing after blowing his either. I can't at either. this level. And, and yeah, this his running looks pretty good for Cam Akers, but. He nearly fumbled the game away last week. Two lost fumbles. If he has an early fumble in this game, Brian, the ben- benching is not is not impossible here. No, you can't. You, you, it's a good time to go in the doghouse if you're fumbling the ball. There's no no time to uh, yeah, help you, you can't, fix right. that on the Correct. field. <laughs> it's, it's, it's single elimination playoffs here. Right. Uh, Niners are a great run defense. 49ers finished six against the run during the regular season, giving up just 75 yards per game. No runner has topped 58 yards since week nine. That's early November to tell you how long ago week nine was. And that includes in the playoffs, Zeke, 31 yards. Aaron Jones, 41 yards. And that was with A.J. Dillon missing half of the game. Mm -hmm. Small, small numbers. Through the second half of the season, including the playoffs, San Francisco is giving up just 3.4 yards per carry, which would have made them the number one run defense across the full season. Do you have any concerns with uh, 
D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator is drawing a lot of interest as a head yeah. coaching candidate. A lot of people in, here in Minnesota. Is he just like distract? Is that it? No, because they're not letting him interview yet. Oh, so, he's not. Oh, that's no, good. you're not allowed to with the new league rules. So. A, oh, they made a rule. Yeah, they oh, did. Good. You either that, they either have to do it during the bye week, backed in in the bye week, or you got to wait till after the. Oh, I didn't playoffs. know that. I've been, yeah, that they should have been doing that for basically forever. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because it, it happens. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, all right, so that's Cam Akers. I'm I'm pretty down on Cam Akers here. I'm giving him a C grade uh, for the reasons that I just mentioned. Let's go to the passing game, and I want to start with Cooper Cup, of course, obvious A. He had over 118 yards in both of the games against the 49ers running out of the slot. He goes up against Quan Williams. Quan isn't bad. He hasn't allowed a lot, he's not allowed a touchdown all year, mm. but who cares? Cooper Cup's a monster. He's going to get his numbers, and he still gets an A grade. Speaking of almost fumbling the game away, he almost did the same thing. Well, he did fumble, which yeah. almost led to it does, the whole right? game going bye-bye for the Rams. But. Correct. Although the Cam Akers fumble at the goal line at the end of the first half. Massive implications on the whole rest of the game, really. Sure. Um, Okay. And so Cooper Cup's an obvious A. Let's talk about OBJ. I'm putting him down at a C level here with Cooper Cup sitting on, you know, what should be a pretty good game. Is there enough left to go around for OBJ? We have seen some tandems do okay against the 49ers. Thielen and Jefferson did okay. Higgins and Chase did okay. Metcalf and Lockett did did okay, but it's hardly a lock. And more often than not, teams playing the 49ers, it's only the main guy that performs reliably well and generally are not too deep. And that includes in the playoffs when only Devontae Adams got paid and only Amari Cooper got paid. Nobody else on either team, no receiver on either team did anything, including, by the way, CeeDee Lamb, who is a disaster. Who? I know, exactly. What if? That's whole. We'll have whole offseason shows. Yeah. On CD Lamb. Um, OBJ is very touchdown dependent with less than 39 yards in four of the past five games. He's going to face cornerback Dante Johnson the most often. Johnson is roughly fourth string here on the always churning Niners secondary. I don't like him very much, but the Niners have been have been battling gamely with marginal replacement level cornerbacks all year long. So I've just got the C grade on OBJ. You need the touchdown. If he doesn't give you the touchdown, he hurts your team. But he might score. Then Van Jefferson's on the bench. He's dealing with a knee injury. Super low volume. Makes him unstartable. He has had one or two catches in five of the past six games. Can't count on the, I can't count on anything here. For whatever reason, if he's inactive or not, for whatever reason, if the well, knee the holds him out yeah. or uh, he gets hurt in game, it's uh, Ben Skowinrek, yeah. I believe his name yeah. is. So. There's a, a punt option for you if you're you're desperate, but I'd rather playing. go to Tyler Higby. He oh, had yeah. two good games against San Francisco this year. The first game, 38 yards, touchdown. Second game, 55 yards and two touchdowns. But those games are mostly an outlier for Higby. Uh, the average tight end game against San Francisco is just 35 catches and, and 34 yards per game. Um, Niners have been a good tight end defense. Dalton Schultz did put up 89 yards in the first playoff game. Uh, but then last week, the Green Bay tight ends, granted, they're not good. Uh, they didn't even catch a pass. So, Well, it, Mercedes Lewis did, but he fumbled it away. <laughs> and that, speaking of game-losing fumbles or contributing to games lost, way to go, Mercedes. Yeah, actually, I think he got to zero yards on that play. He his, I think he had a zero-yard box score. Or maybe I just misread it. But uh, All right, so then let's go to the final player left here, Matthew Stafford. I've got an A grade on Cup. I've got uh, two C grades on, on OBJ and Tyler Higby. A B grade on Stafford here. Um, one good game against San Francisco, one bad game against San Francisco. The Niners are a 
good pass defense that plays better than its talent would suggest. The average passing game against San Francisco over the past six games, just 220 yards and 1.1 touchdowns. And obviously these have been playoff games and good team, most predominantly good teams in this mix, including Matthew Stafford as part of that 220 yards and 1.1 touchdowns. I'm, I'm lukewarm on him here. I'm That's it. I'm with you. Uh, who you got? Who you got winning? Uh, I've got 49ers. Uh, even though I, you know, I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, uh, at this point, why not the 49ers? I, I, I like San Fran, too. Uh, yeah. Even though they don't like being called San Fran in, in San Fran, uh, I like San no. Fran. Who do you got in the AFC? I've got, uh, I've got Chiefs just because I can't get myself to take Patrick Mahomes, you know, go against Patrick Mahomes and Arrowhead. How about you? You've got Bengals? I got to go Bengals. It's going to be a great game, or we can only hope yeah. it's a great game. And the Chiefs, obviously, seasoned playoff veterans at this point, been to yeah. two straight Super Bowls. But I don't know, that that game last week, that... Did it might, rattle you a little bit? Well, not rattle me, but, you know, it, it was a, an emotional roller coaster for them. Oh, sure. Might be, I don't you know. think they might be spent? Maybe a little bit. Yeah, there could be. They could come out flat in this one. I was talking to Paul Allen, my radio friend, yeah, Paul Allen, and he was, uh, he was in Las Vegas last weekend. And into this week, and uh, he he placed a first half wager on the Bengals for exactly that reason. Felt like there was there was a good chance that the Chiefs were going to come out flat in this because of all just all the emotions of the win from last mm-hmm. week. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll break down the Super Bowl game in two weeks. Not sure what we're going to do next week. Talk about C.D. Lamb. <laughs> At the C.D. Lamb show. Maybe I know, we could do a, a way yeah. too early like first round mock or something like that yeah. for next year. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Fantasy Football Weekly. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.